0: Thank you, guys. Thanks to everybody who had a part today. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. This month we are in the Celebrating Jesus series. And every week we're celebrating something else two weeks ago, celebrating the prophecy. Last week celebrating the power. Today celebrating... The person, celebrating the person, and next week we'll end with celebrating the proclamation. Celebrating the person, Galatians 4. There are several renditions of this story. 1927, Time Magazine decided to uh, uh, create, invent, or point out The person, excuse me, the man of the year. And by the way, that year it happened to be Charles Lindbergh who had made that historic transatlantic flight. That's one, uh, and somebody said that the first rendition is that it was a slow news month. And so they decided to do that. The second rendition was that they were embarrassed that Charles Lindbergh had made this historic flight. And he never appeared on the cover of their magazine, so they had to make up an excuse to put him there. And so they invented the man of the year in 1927. Just as an aside, so you don't think I've lost my mind. In 1999, and we didn't even realize what was going on back then. In 1999, at the beginning of the woke culture and the gender-neutral culture, 99 the Time magazine made the decision to no longer call it the man of the year, to call it the person of the year, to be politically correct, and so women don't feel left out. Now, I'm going to give you my... This is not preaching. This is just my opinion. From 1927 to 1937, during that 10-year period of time, two women were named the man of the year. So obviously the word man had nothing to do with gender, and here's what I'll tell you, folks older than me, that means that my generation and older did, we're not as anti-woman as we've been led to believe. Y'all got me? Okay. And so uh, uh, now it's called person of the year, but today, folks, I don't want us to celebrate the man of the year. I don't want us to celebrate the person of the year. I want us to celebrate today the real person of Christmas, the real person of Christmas. And I get it. There are many pagan cultural events equated with this day and certainly none of us believe that Jesus was actually born on December the 25th. But this is the day, as long as I've been alive, December the 25th is the day that we have set aside to celebrate the birthday of Jesus, the son of Mary, the son of God, God's only son who would be the savior of the world. And I want to say this to you, your Christmas, my Christmas, is either about him or it's not. I mean, think about it. Let me kind of screw the knife in here a little bit. We love to celebrate birthdays. We get together for birthdays, and when we celebrate birthdays, we... We honor those folks whose birthday it is. We give attention to them. We honor them. We do our best to show them that we love them. And in fact, I will go this far. If we don't honor them and celebrate their birthday on their birthday, we feel bad because we didn't do it. Most of the time, they feel bad at us. Hello? This morning, I want to point us to this person. This person... Jesus. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, and most people don't really equate it as a general rule, with Christmas. Galatians 4, you see on the screen, we're going to stand and read verses 4 through 7. So if you can and will, if you can't, it's okay, if you can and will, would you stand to honor the reading of God's holy word? Listen and follow along because this is his word. When the time came to completion, or in the fullness of time, or when time was full, when time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then God has made you an heir. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for the next moments that we will focus on your son, Jesus. Thank you for the gift that you gave to us, this gift of love wrapped in the blanket, wrapped in the skin of a baby. That would make a difference in our lives for both time and eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 1991, I was in the church. I was in Myrtle Grove Baptist Church of Pensacola, Florida. It is the church where I served my last music position. It is the church where God called me to preach. And, oh, by the way, it is the church that baptized me. Um, my pastor, Dr. Butler, once I shared with him that God had called me to preach, he immediately began to help me develop. And uh, uh, Dr. Butler was well-known among Southern Baptists. He served on many boards, Southern Seminary boards, Stetson University board, the Baptist Hospital board. I mean, just a lot of boards. But I remember one week that <clears throat> Dr. Butler got a call later in the week, and he said, We have to have an emergency board meeting. I think it was in Louisville, Monday morning at 8 o'clock. You need to be here. Well, you know what that meant. That meant he had to leave Sunday afternoon. So uh, he called me into his office. He said, uh, "J.W., I want you to preach for me Sunday night, and I want you to continue my Galatians series, which was
1: unusual because normally a preacher is preaching a series. He wants to do all the the messages in that series." And I said, "Well, Doctor." Sunday morning, probably from chapter 3, verse 27 to 4, 3, and share the, share that. And if you're no longer a slave, you're a son and if you're a son then
0: God has made you an heir anybody got a rich uncle here i'm telling you our father in heaven owns cattle on a thousand heels and, and when somebody writes us into our will into their will we are forever thankful think about the inheritance And here's what I want to say to you. The reason that we celebrate the person of Christmas, the person of Jesus, is because, is because he made us an heir of the Father, a joint heir with himself. And so when I look at this text, and this is not the message that I preached, this is something I prepared for you. Because I think it's important for us to understand why we are celebrating the person. And I'm going to give you four. This is the simplest message I've ever preached in my life. Four points that just leap out the page at me. Talking about why we celebrate the person. Are you ready? First of all, we celebrate the person because of his timing. His timing. The scripture opens. Now mine says, when time came to completion. Other translations say, when the time had fully come or when the fullness of time had come. It literally means when time gets filled up. Can I give it to you in good old Ten Mile Creek lingo? Here it is. At just the right time. That's where he starts. At just the right time. You see, since the Garden of Eden, everybody knows what happened in the Garden of Eden. I feel like I've lost you and I'm only two minutes in. Everybody know what happened in the Garden of Eden? We fell into sin. Ever since the Garden of Eden... We have been cast out of the Garden. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we've been separated from the presence of God. Ever since the Garden of Eden, he's been there and we've been here all through history. But history and Scripture tell us that God was pointing toward that time when he would send one who would bring salvation to mankind, who would restore what they lost in the Garden. And here's what we need to know. God never does anything prematurely. When time came, nothing, he does nothing before it's time. Years ago,
1: Deborah and I were on a cruise with a Christian cruise, and the Talley family. They have been singing together, and she is one of the foremost vocalists in gospel music today.
0: But they did a song many years ago that talks about the timing. And they and, and go like this. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Let me just tell you something. God is never late. He is never early. He, he always has perfect timing. And you go, Brother Jerry, I don't understand it. If God has such perfect timing, now this is important. Why didn't he just send When Adam and Eve sinned and he kicked them out of the garden and that sin was fresh, why didn't he just go ahead and send Jesus then? Why didn't he just take care of it then? The truth is, I don't I don't know all the answers to it, but I'm going to
1: give you what what my sense is. The fullness of when mankind realized their deep need.
0: I mean, the truth is, God wasn't going to send Jesus until, until we. He wasn't going to send Jesus to forgive us of our sin
1: until we understood the enormity of our sin. Inside, until we realized that we were separated from God.
0: That had to come to fruition before the time came right
1: to send Jesus. If he had sent Jesus to. You know why? It's because
0: mankind, that would be you and me. Please don't miss this. Mankind has a way. Of soft-selling our sin to the point that we don't really think it's as bad as it really is. And furthermore, we have a way of tending to think that we can take care of it. The truth is, is that the enormity and the deadly consequences, the deadly fruit of our sin, the punishment of our sin... Needed to be seen and felt and realized and understood before he sent Jesus. Think about it in the terms of the pandemic. I know we're in this pandemic today, and I can make a lot of statements about it, but I'll leave that one alone. But let's go back to
1: polio. We defeated polio. talking about, and we'll think we've lost our mind. Do you remember going to the
0: schools and taking those little sugar cubes back in the
1: 60s? And smallpox, while it's still active, it's... It was essential to, to the honor of God's law. The remedy. You see, when the fullness of time
0: came, the time had to be just right for the world to hear and accept and embrace and receive God's gift. That's a reason to celebrate. His timing is just right. Second thing I'll tell you from this text, not only is timing, his trick. Okay, I'm going to confess this to you. I love the word trek. I use the word trek every time that I get a chance. Do you know why? If you got a brain between your ears, you do. It is because I am a diehard Trekkie. I thought the world had ended in 1969 when they took that
1: original series off the air. I thought the wor- the planet. Movie! And
0: who would have ever guessed what that would have grown into? You got got Star Trek, Next Generation Discovery. I mean, you just got all kinds of things now. But you want to know one of the reasons that I love, one of the things that, that I love about watching any and all the Star Trek episodes? It's that opening cart, that opening dialogue. It doesn't matter whether it was Jim Kirk or uh, whether it was uh, uh, Captain Picard or anybody else. Here's the words. To boldly go where no one had gone before. That captured me. I admit I'm a sci-fi fan, so you're going to have to give me a little grace here. But I would just like that in the sci-fi movies. Please listen to me. That is a life statement for a Christian to boldly go where no one had gone before. That's what that was a life statement of Jesus. I want you to think about his trick. Jesus' trick began in heaven. Everybody should know via John one. 1
1: in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. on the throne before time began.
0: And then he came to earth. In fact, there's an old gospel song I have all week long kind of. Had all these. I guess it's because I'm getting old, and these old gospel songs run around my head. Gold C put it out many years ago. To call one more time, and the opening line.
1: First verse says, "From a to the grave, always with a reason why this traveler couldn't stay.
0: Love kept him pressing onward." To fulfill the Father's plan. And then he rose up from an earthly grave with death's keys held in his hand. Wow. I'm just going to tell you this. God didn't look through heaven to find out who he could send. God initiated this journey. The Bible says, his track, it says, God sent his son. Did you get that? you don't get anything else, get that. Would you say that with me? God sent His Son. Let's do it again. God sent His Son. One more time. God
1: sent His Son. God didn't look around and say, who wants to go? And and he goes, man, we need a hit. You're the man. Get there. Get it
0: done. And so God sent Jesus. It was before the foundation of time. And you know what Jesus did? He accepted God's plan. He stepped away from the throne over the banister of stars. Down the stairway. And he literally came to this world. He reduced himself to an embryo to be born of a woman. To be born, the Bible says, to be born under the law. There's not another God. There is not another man. There is not another anything who has walked this kind of road. Jesus, (laughs) oh, spiritual. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. He had to walk it by himself. No one could walk it for him. And when Jesus left heaven, I'll tell you about his trek. His trek was a mission of mercy, it was a mission of hope, it was a mission of help, it was a mission of salvation. It was a recovery mission. It was a rescue mission. We need to celebrate His mission. He came. So you see His timing. When time was completed, you see His track. God's in His Son. The third thing I want you to see is His task. His task. Oh man, how clear is this? I love this. This is when it really jumped off the page at me. Those thirty years ago, when time, when the fullness of time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Here's his reason he came. To redeem those under a law, so they might receive adoption as a son. To redeem those under a law. Uh, just like I love the word trick, I love that word redeemed. I know I took a long time telling you about the S green stamps of how you take something that's worth nothing and redeem it for something good. But I'm old enough that I can play with words now, and you just have to forgive me because I'm a tottering old man. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You have deemed and you have redeemed. When you deem something, it's what it's something, What you are recognized. That, how you are recognized. You deem it to be good. You deem them to be bad. You deem them. In fact, the dictionary uses some other words there uses the word assume. He uses the word regarded, reckoned, and other things like hypothetical and ostensible and supposed. When you deem somebody or something a particular thing, it could be true or it could be false. But that's what you're deemed to be. But when you get redeemed, you get changed. When you get redeemed, things change. Go from one state to another, from one condition to another, from one direction to another. It's like going to Skid Road and finding someone who is homeless there, who has no possibility of making anything of their life. And there are people in Ten Mile Creek and Foxworth, just like that, have no possibility. And you go there and you find those people and you bring them into your home. And you feed them, and you teach them, and you mentor them, and they get to go to college, and on and on, and they've been redeemed. There's no more public story of that in these days than the story of Michael Orr, Blindside.
1: I just love that movie, but I'm going to tell you. When he played at Ole Miss, that meant he got a college education.
0: When Leanne met him, he would have never had an opportunity to go to college. He would have never had an opportunity to play football. He didn't have the drive until somebody took him and took him in and redeemed him, folks. That is the gospel story. Jesus found us when we were unworthy, when we were unclean, and He redeemed us. He gave
1: us all he had because he
0: knew we didn't have a chance without him. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have, how much land you have, how much cattle you have, how prestige how prestigious you think you are. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't get to heaven on your own. Jesus's task was to come to take us, who were so unworthy, and bring us to Himself. Today, celebrate the person. Because at just the right time, he was given the divine task. He was given the divine path to take, the, the task to complete.
1: And he did it. He did it.
0: The Bible teaches us to celebrate with scriptures like unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you are to name him Emmanuel because it's God with us. God had come to man. And you are to give him the name Jesus because Jehovah is the one who will save his people from their sin. That's God's way. Celebrate Jesus today because the timing was perfect. Because his trek
1: from heaven to earth was perfect. Because his task was pointed. His target. I bet you might because in recent, about the last six or
0: seven weeks, targets have become really important to me. Because of Mike, I have a bow. Don't laugh. I have a bow that I'm trying to learn to shoot. I can still be wild, but quite a few times, that that, that target has a little yellow spot in there. There's two circles. That's what you want to do is get it into yellow. Men, do you know what I'm talking about? No? Okay, y'all have gone to sleep. Sure you know what I'm talking about. You want to hit the target. Please listen. When Jesus left heaven and he came to earth to redeem mankind, you and I became that yellow target. And that target was not on our backs. You didn't have a target on your back. You didn't have a target on your head. Your target was on your heart and your soul. Jesus made the way because of you, because of me. Then the story goes on here and it reads about the adoption. The adoption. You realize that we have the best of both worlds. As Christ followers, we are born into the family. Except if you're born again, you are not see the kingdom of God. For the person who is in the family of God, you've been born into the family. But we also are adopted in. That's the best. Of, you know. You know what? Let me tell, let me tell you why. Culturally. Why? That's important. Here's why it's important. In the day in which the Bible was written, you may know this. If you do, just kind of chalk it up and pray. It speaks to somebody that don't know it. When a dad, it was a very patriarchal society, when a dad and his wife, when they had a child, let's just deal with sons, have a son, and they have it naturally. They come together. She gives birth. That son gets old, older, and he begins to rebel against his dad. His dad had the right under the cultural law to say, I disown you, which meant you couldn't live there anymore. You didn't have Papa's checkbook or house, which meant you had to leave, which meant by law you were kicked out. You're on your own. That's the natural child. <clears throat> but what happens if the husband and wife see a, a kid over here that has no hope, and they begin to form a relationship, and they adopt that child? When the child comes in, he comes in as an heir, full heir. He comes in as a full family member. He comes in... Uh, Maybe a little different status than a natural child, because here's what you need to know. The adopted kid could never be disowned.
1: Oh! So, and God in his wisdom said, not only are you a natural I want to say to you Jesus covered all the obstacles
0: He took care of your sin He made a way for you to be forgiven He made a way for you to be cleaned up He made a way for you to be born again He made a way for you to be adopted into the family You want a reason to celebrate the person of Christ today? There it is. If you've never trusted Christ, here is your invitation. He has done all He can do. If you miss hell, I mean, if you miss heaven and you make hell, you will literally do it over His dead body. But there is one thing for you and me, if we're going to be his, if we're going to be adopted, we are his target. He's cleared all the debris. He's cleared all the, the official work that has to be done. But your salvation certificate requires your, your signature. You have to say Yes. You have to let him change you from the inside out and say, I know what I am. I may be a good person, but I'm not good enough to see heaven without your forgiveness. How about you? You talk about celebrating Jesus' birthday. What could we give Jesus? What present could we possibly give Jesus for his birthday? Here it is. It's you. You. He's calling. He's asking. He died and rose for you. Why not celebrate him today and give him the best thing you could give him yourself?